Hey everyone, this is Nick Castle, better known as The Shake, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And Greg, I'm right out your window. Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast whose first exposure to opera no doubt involved both a spear and a magic helmet. Magic helmet! My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're closing out our look into some of our favorite boutique Blu-ray labels, and we're dressing to the nines as we take in Dario Argento's Opera. And whether you've been an understudy or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when you drop our latest episode, we will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your figa hole. <laughs> so glad. We only got deja vu in the intro because that was magical. <laughs> now, hopefully, you can find us. Uh, Spreading magic like that on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and classy shenanigans. Mm. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, January 27th, if you find yourself being classy in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where you'll find they have those classy shenanigans taken care of indoors. And virtually. <laughs> so glad. <laughs> so glad we got that. Sometimes things happen for a reason. Right. <laughs> now that being said. <laughs> when one door opens, as sometimes we break through a window. <laughs> all of a sudden, Doug Henning comes out. Somebody say magic. <laughs> oh, goodness. But the Friday that this uh, episode is releasing... <laughs> Our latest Friday Night Fright that is closing out the month of January. This one can be considered classy. You know what? I actually did see this in the theater back in 2008. Uh, caught it at the Tivoli. See, I caught it at uh, Studio 30. Okay, so was that outside your normal haunt? Way outside my normal haunt. We had to seek this one out. Mm -hmm. And I remember going in, because this was around the time I was probably knee knee deep in so uh not social media but ain't it cool oh Shud, yeah joe blow and nothing but like this vampire game-changing vampire movie and it sure as shit was a good movie Ooh, it it is a, it's hardcore it takes turns and yeah makes it does some reveals that have haunted me to this day i love that pool scene oh. in the immortal words of michael jordan fuck them kids <laughs> 2008's let the right one in I'm anxious to see this one back on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Hope to see you all out for that. Now, looking forward to next Friday Night's Fright and the one that's going to be opening the month of February. Ooh. And if it's February, it's time for love. Uh -huh. Talking L'Amour, genius. I'm talking L'Amour. So and let's get it with a lovely... Uh, let's celebrate love with a lovely slasher. Well, and the, what's great is it's an I've seen that. Yeah? Yes. Came out in 2001 was definitely rolling on the hills, the heels of Scream. Mm -hmm. But what's great is the director of this film, Jamie Blanks, directed a little film called uh, Urban Legends. Hell yeah. Represented in Into the Mouth of March Madness. Hell yeah. yeah. He gives us 2001's Valentine. I liked it. I liked it. it, I, it was, I think it's an underseen slasher. I saw it in the theater. I may have saw it like about a couple of years afterwards, but I haven't seen it since. I do remember... Uh, I remember going to see it specifically because of David Boreanaz, because I was like a huge Angel fan. Were you an Angel fan, yep. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's. I like slashers. I like David Boreanaz. Do let's go. Do you like Denise Richards? I do like Denise Richards. That's what I, and that's basically how I'd, I've seen that my way through it. Plus, and also, I still like Denise Richards. But also, then a freaky, like, weird angel. baby fade cherub yeah. mask. I don't, those are inherently disturbing, especially yeah. because the figure that it's on, and he's kind of a hulking figure. So you put that baby face mask on, like, this big, weird body. It's. It's almost like the 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 reverse of start time.
one? Because, like, it was that big head on that little body. This is the reverse, but the still same results, but no hair lip. I'm really looking forward to seeing this for the first time up on the big screen. Now, that being said, uh, the other repertory screenings that are happening on the weekend of the 27th, Mm -hmm. on the 28th, starting at 10 o'clock in the morning, and you have to, as they're going to be taking in the Lord of the Rings triple feature, the extended versions, which every single one of them. Holy shit. That's like, what, it's like uh, 12 hours? That's, there's a lot to take in. 12 hours plus? An easy easy 12 hours with that one see we should probably do that so when we go for it when uh near to ween 10 remember my friend we go 90 minutes under and what was really funny was i was kind of putting together i was asking should i put together stuff for just like i wanted to put some sword and at least just a sword and sandal trailer before each movie to give it the proper or even better Show one of the old school Peter Jackson trailers. Yes, show a trailer for show a trailer for Dead Alive, and then show the Rankin and Basque the Hobbit trailer. There you go. Especially the one like "Who goes my land? There goes my land." And then show um, let's see, what would be? See, I was just gonna go escalating Jackson with uh, Dead Alive, Meet the Feebles, and Bad Taste. I would end with Meet the Feebles because oh, you want to yeah. close out with something a little. A little trashy. A little different there. Absolutely. Let, let, let me just say, haven't quite yet gotten there. Ideally, something will be on there. But I uh, hope to see everyone out for that. Meet now, <laughs> continuing the ride into the French New Wave. New Wave! Jean-Luc Godard's Band of Outsiders. It's an I've seen that, mm-hmm. but I believe this in some way influenced the 2003 film Dreamers. Um, Again, the one I had that creepy screening theatrical experience with me and another few other handful of perverts that showed up. <laughs> uh, but this, I believe, is the OG original French New Wave film. Now, right. the other repertory screening that is happening, and it's a movie that you could not make today. And even then, it was controversial. And it's great because the fact that uh, several of the actors are still working but the fact that Winona Ryder, you know, has had her hand into so many cool genre projects, but to really kind of get things started with Heather's, mm-hmm. a movie. Oh, could, you can could, make it today. Yeah. They've tried it multiple times. I know to, they had that series, the TV series that they tried to get going. I don't think it even lasted like two episodes. I mean, like, because that's, I think because that one is such a pitch perfect encapsulation of just the feeling of the times the oh, angst plus it's got like uh <laughs> teenage suicide don't do it it has one of the most heartbreaking scenes i have ever seen oh and it involves martha in the, in gym. the gym that is heartbreaking that is so sad, and I've been there. That's just it. That's just it. It is such an identifiable moment. And it's played for laughs, and you're like, Mwah. I feel personally assaulted. It's one of the most darkly funny films I've ever seen. It involves an ending, and again, it involves violence in a school setting that you just you cannot no. do today. Oh, and the, um, the uh, memorial service done by Otho. Glenn Shaddix. Glenn Shaddix. Just using it as a pulpit to bump past everything. <laughs> and some casual F-bombs dropped in this film. Yeah. It is very much a product of its time, but it's also such a satirically funny film, a darkly funny film, very well acted, very mm-hmm. well written. But it's- again... Another time. Another place. Mm-hmm. So be careful on that. And then also, as part of the anime club... Another one that's an I've seen that for me. Yeah. A little film called Ghost in the Shell. Dude, Ghost in the Shell is dope. Dude, Ghost in the Shell, I like it a lot. Let's, let's it's put it slick. Way. When I used to work at, um, oh, good Lord, uh, the- Suncoast. Suncoast, back in the day, I saw the VHS 
all the time. Yeah. Because we sold a lot of anime. Oh, Suncoast, we had a huge anime it was section. Where you went for your anime. For, that, for mm-hmm. specialty videos mm-hmm. back in the day. Because we had the wrestling section, the adult section. Did it have a beaded curtain? No, it was just kind of like you behind. It was. it was behind those plastic dividers where you're like, you'd have to, like, you know, it's there. It didn't hide anything, but just the casual yeah. people walking by wouldn't see boop. But anyway. Ghost in the Shell is slick. Ghost in the Shell is rad. I can see where a lot of people like hold it near and dear and sacred. It is a fucking cool film. So this is a chance to see it up on the big screen. Uh, now, of course, uh, if you don't live in the Kansas City area and you're like, you know, Greg, genius, Screenland sounds pretty rad. Well, we worship there for a reason. If you would like to help support where we worship, uh, if you want to support from afar, a couple ways you can do that. Of course, head to ScreenlandOnline.com where there are a number of films that you can rent from them directly, or even better, become a member of their film family by going to patreon.com slash screenland, (laughs) where amongst the many perks, we offer up our services every Mm -hmm. month with a little watch party called The Shutter Shoutout. And Genius, what two films are we going to be taking in on uh, this? Inc- oh, the weekend of the 28th. that This Saturday, this weekend. This weekend, yes. We have two new to us kicking off the new year right. We are showing a diabolical double feature of two movies that I can't remember off the top of my head. The first is an Osploitation classic. Road Games. Yes, indeed. The first one is Road Games. And then the second one is the Slaughter Rock. Slaughterhouse Rock. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh genius. <laughs> You're so fine. You blow my mind. That's right. With Tony Basil. Yeah. Can't believe I forgot those. That's okay. That's, you cut, that's how you. I've seen your way through those mm-hmm. films. No, I'm looking forward to both of those because. Road Games. Especially coming been, for you, it's been, game. it's been on my list for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy Keach and his mustache, Jamie Lee Curtis, directed by Richard Franklin. Ooh, who you know who what he gave us? Mm-mm. Patrick. Oh, that's right, that's right. He, you know what he also wow. gave us? Psycho Two. Oh, right. he gave us Psycho Two. He did. That's right. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's going to be great. Oh, no, they're, they're see, setting the stage for that. Now, of course, both of those films are streaming on Shudder, uh, but by joining the Screenland Film family, uh, you're going to have access to, what do you call it, Genius? It's the home game. And the home game consists of a customized pre-show, a video introduction with Genius and myself, uh, giving you some facts and some fun things behind with the films, uh, vintage trailer for each movie, and then, of course, post-film discussion, where we're processing mm-hmm. our thoughts on these newly experienced things. One way or the other, I say it's not going to show up on the mic, but he wants to be heard. Was that Biscuit or Davey? I think it was Biscuit. Of course, big old oaf. Yeah. Of course he was. He's my big old klutz. <laughs> so uh, now, and, and to have uh, access to that and so much more, head on over to uh, patreon.com slash screenland. Genius. I'm talking Patreon and film family. E bellies. We also have a, a lovely little murder of I guess, technically they weren't crows it was uh, ravens. ravens but that still works never regardless a, a murderer's row a murderer's row a murderer's row of fine folks uh that have joined our film family and actually this is the as it turns out um this episode will be closing out january what has now become a tradition and a smart tradition mm-hmm. is we do take the month off of February on the main feed. Right. To prepare for Into the Mouth of March Madness. However, on Patreon, uh, we're going to go start plugging a little thing. Uh, in addition to, if you would like access to the Shutter Shoutout, you can enjoy any tier we offer. You have it. We've got a lot of good stuff for all the... For all the way from Squidly Diddly to another time. Another place. And it is another place that we're going to be focus on, focusing on because the main perk with that tier is you do request for us to watch and review a film. And some amazing movies have come out from it. But we wanted to add another just little thing to the perk. Bonus. And no additional charge. Yep. Everyone that's on there is going to get this. Everyone mm-hmm. that joins is going to get it. Uh, but we're going to be adding another monthly perk yes now that being said we're going to put it to the votes of our film family members to what we're going to officially add mm-hmm. but and, it's going to launch and then the, for that might be an incentive for those of you at oh, the time, time to jump over to another place i almost at another place <laughs> this, again it's pavlovian right 
Uh, but we're going to launch it in April. Mm-hmm. Again, to give time for the madness. We got to we got to let the madness fin. We got like a fever. We got to let it fin run its course. It's, but then kicking off in April, we got surprises. Yeah, we do. We do indeed. But I would go ahead and like to give shout outs to all of the film family members that are affected by this, by which I hope we are going to enhance them a little. Uh, no, I, I'll just run okay. through them. Our eyesight's not up to that <laughs> task, my friend. I'm like, let me let me get over there for a minute. Hold on. We're, I almost you're feel like unhinge yourself if you do that. I almost feel like I need like special goggles, and then I'm like, oh, hold on, let me turn it up, and I need like the old horn that you put in here. Here's what we need: we need Greg Nicotero to come by and bite you. Bite me. Then you'll ah! need those glasses, regardless. I say we start doing things in Pittsburgh now. <laughs> Well, whether we're doing it the Pittsburgh way or the Nightmare Junkhead way, thank you to Bobby, Charles, Brian, JT, Rod, Jesse, Marie, Tim. Thank you all so much. Genius, what are they? They're fucking rad. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to because we put at least four different ideas mm-hmm. that we're going to let them vote on. I love every single one of them. Regardless of what they choose, Yeah, we win. Yeah. And ideally... So will you. So if you'd like to have access to that and so much more, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead. Please, please come join us. Voting begins in February. Results will be revealed in April. Oh, I think actually uh, voting will start in January, I think. Oh, okay. Well, Since then, we're recording so far. We're super, advanced. super advanced. So, yeah. We got a lot of good stuff coming up for you, we promise. And the good stuff has been flowing for the entirety mm-hmm. oh hell of yeah this month. oh hell yeah starting off strong kicking and ending off strong because at this point genius you have now seen four new mm-hmm. first time four i've seen four brand new movies filling in your first time viewing gap yeah we're not even four days into the <laughs> we're way in the future being behind this curtain ideally i'd like to think my first time viewing habits are rubbing off on you but more importantly, I wanted to do this month because I was the one that came to you with this based on our love of physical media. Yeah. And also the need of wanting to watch some of these movies with you. Yeah. So that it's being fun. said. It's always it's cool to watch a movie alone. It's always fun to watch a friend with a friend. Oh, no. And that being said, how's the experience been going for you so far? So far has been great, man. There's been some wild shit. I mean, like, between 16 Samurai and uh, this movie, Eric's Revenge, and, like, it's been wild. Has your mind blown? No, it's been enhanced. Nothing I can't handle. There's nothing where I'm like, holy shit, but at the same time, there's been some wonderfully wild stuff. I can see why these movies had the need to be curated, and that seems to be the running theme between all the different variations and themes and flavors that we've gone through. I think you need to find the boutique that fits your flavor best. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. Because, again, with some of the titles and some of the boutiques, your mileage will extremely vary. But if you know what you're looking for and you know what you're kind of expecting in a roundabout way, there are reasons why. the There's the reason why there's the National Film Archive for all the like good stuff, too, and the national high classy things. There's some... There's some movies that we all enjoy on there, too. But there's a reason why we have Vinegar Syndrome. There's a reason why we have a Scream. That's why Agfa exists. Exactly. That's the main point. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And it's great when we were closing out and when we selected all the films that we were going to be watching, no real order of terms of when we tackled them. It was just like, you know, which one do you want to watch first? Mm-hmm. But this was the one I was kind of most excited for for a number of reasons. But... It all started with a Blu-ray, and that Blu-ray comes from Scorpion Releasing. It's ready. And this was one that I think is probably one of the lesser-known labels mm-hmm. out there, and which is why I wanted to give it a lot of love. But it's also the only copy of a title I have from their label. But if you go to uh, scorpionreleasing.com, let's just put it this way. On the left-hand side, their list of films. Don't worry, I got this as well. Uh, we have drama slash romance. Ooh. We have action. Uh-huh. We have family. Mm-hmm. Comedy. Mm-hmm. Horror slash suspense. Midnight slash cult. Documentary and Katrina's theater. But anytime you have a midnight cult section, you're usually in good hands. That's where the good stuff's at. And if you're listening to this podcast, that's you're usually the, midnight cult shit. the first place you're going to go to. And they do have Ator the Fighting Eagle. 
Ha! That might be a how much O'Keefe? Miles O'Keefe. That is a hundred percent Miles O'Keefe. He's in one of those. He he is a tour dude. Is he he does. Okay. He he's the a tour guy. So that should tell you the level of quality of the films you're gonna get. Mm -hmm. with but that Scorpion. art is fucking rad. Looks it looks like Miles O'Keefe a la Frizzetti. Yeah, it does. Again, it should be on the side of a van. Uh huh. So, but it probably is. Needless to say, <laughs> needless to say, if you listen to this podcast, I guarantee you, Scorpion releasing has something for you, and that's something for me was opera, and what I love is the journey that this film has taken, because it's one of those that I initially started by seeing the the trailer, picked it up on Blu-ray, so talked about it on an, an episode of I've seen that. Mm hmm. Got to see it in the theater at Screenland, and now has made its way into a main feed episode. And I shouldn't be shocked, but the the biggest thing is it was a first time viewing for you, correct? Yes, and I love filling in my Italian gap. And this comes from a master, one of the masters, a master, yes. a master. But why do you think then you haven't taken in Argento's opera yet? I don't know. I think the one of the main reasons is because I'm. Not necessarily new to the big appreciation of Italian cinema, but like it's only been within like the past ten years where I've it's been. It's not like, nostalgia stuff, right? Where I haven't, I didn't grow up with any of that, and I think I'm glad you, because you did I think adopt it. You weren't born. In it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I didn't see non technicalism on a man. Right? No. Um, I think because I think if I would have saw it at a younger age, I would have been so confused. But it, like, yep. wait, what's going on? Yep. You know. I'm glad I can see it now where I can really appreciate it, you know, and really enjoy it. Because I know that I've seen Suspiria maybe 15 years back, and I enjoyed it then. But it wasn't like, oh, what's this? Until maybe <laughs> Can I like, have some more? Yeah, yeah, let me go in deeper into, oh, there's Fulci, there's Bava, and like to really like figure out the ins and outs of it. So I think with this one, that's why I'm... Because I'm still like... Because I have, there's n watching one of those like forgotten jelly. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. There's, there's so many that I have. And that's one good thing like, that I like about we do with Shutter Shadow when we did like Dorn Torture a Duckling. Mm -hmm. And when we did like even like Amsterdamian Jello with Amsterdam. That was a nice surprise. You know? Did, did you like that showing up on the pre-show for uh, for Child's Play? A hundred percent. talking about that? In, in fact, because like I was like, that movie is great. I think at Child's Play, I'm like, no, Chucky fucking Amsterdam is dope. No, it's always good to have these kind of surprises. And that's what's nice, though, is the fact that a filmmaker of Argento's reputation and pedigree, mm -hmm. there are still gaps in the filmography that you can be surprised yeah. when you get to check in. Was this a film that you were familiar with or is this one of those that... No. I was fam I'm familiar with it. I mean, because I've heard of it. Because they always say, "Oh, you got to check out Argento, this and that, that and that." that and it's always on like check out Argento's list. So, if you were to put together just offhand, mm -hmm. not your top five, but like give me three Argento films that could work for, um, just give me your favorite three right off the top of your Phenomena, head. Phenomena, uh, Deep Red, and Suspiria. That's good. That's good. I would also go with Phenomenon because that one. That Phenomenon is my favorite that Argento. A lot of fun. My favorite favorite. I go Phenomenon, one. Tenebrae, and no, you, never mind. You're right. Tenebrae knocked out Deep Red. I got to switch Tenebrae with that Saxon one. Saxon always overtakes. Saxon overtakes it. It's the Hat Genius. So what's your number three? I'll go Suspiria. So ours is. Pretty yeah. familiar. Well, that's because I think Tenebrae was so fucking dope. Tenebrae is great, and and the music. God damn, the music well, is anytime, great. Anytime. Let's go also then, what are the three things that you expect from an Argento film? Oh, definitely some shocking violence. Okay, that's good. Um, copious amounts of blood. Okay. And a really, I don't want to use the term good whodunit, but okay. there's definitely going to be a whodunit where the ending's going to come out of left field and you'll be like, what the fuck, where it doesn't matter how many red herrings there was. It doesn't matter, like, that doesn't make any logistical sense. Mm -hmm. The shot, the ending, and the reveal is so good where it's like, oh no, I'll allow it. Forget it, genius. It's, it's Italy. Italy. Yeah, yeah, it's Italy. Well, and then can I also add possibly to that list weird sex stuff? There's always weird sex stuff. Can I throw on there some eye trauma? With Italy in general, 
Yes, with Italy in general. Like I, that's why I didn't say with just specifically Argento, Argento because no, that's fair. That's <laughs> true. That's true. That's more of an international, all oh, over right. the world. Yeah, it's regional. Yeah, it's it's more it's more set in Italy. There's exam. It's kind of like like tentacle with Japan. There's others examples of it all over yeah. the world. Yeah, but they perfected it and mastered it there. Yeah, no, I agree. When it comes to eye stuff, except no substitutes. <laughs> so. That being said, uh, the journey that the film has taken. Now, this is technically the third time I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Again, first time by myself, second time in a theater, third time with you. Mm -hmm. Genius McGee, Mm what did you think of opera? Here's the thing. Just like I said, um, I think on the last one, watching one good thing about behind the scenes thing with the boutique blu-rays and all the interviews that they have watching it and really appreciating it can elevate a movie before i saw this movie i would have been like you know what that was a good movie it's probably not my favorite argento and i'll still go to the bat of that it wasn't in your top three as the one top said. three is still not in the top three right but i i after watching behind the scenes and watching him talk about it and seeing some of the shit that he had to go through it it definitely popped up a couple of notches on that list so this movie was really really good i really enjoyed the ride it took i had of course i had some beefs with it i thought the and again kind of like how we were talking about with um oh what's that movie where the main character is the worst part about it um i don't want to say streets of fighter but no scanners, but something would- like that yes scanners where everything is big wild bombastic and the main character is a little bit muted that was my only little beef with this because everything else i was enjoying her so, i didn't so find her insufferable Christ- christina marish Ma- wait wait mossy latch as betty apparently they had beef and and like looking back yeah. on it it kind of shows because there was finally he said there's a point where she just stopped doing whatever i told her to do and i didn't want to fight so i said whatever do it and some of those scenes where you're like I can Choices see where that bleeds in there, yeah. you know, and that I don't want to say that's not Argento's fault, you know, but at the same time, perspective and retrospect, you know, but even before I knew that, even if I didn't know and that there was beef, I would have said that the main character was probably the weakest because but everything else mm-hmm. around her and some of the shots, some of the colors, some of the kills. Yeah, this one. This was a really good surprise because word around the horror campfire is later Argento is not good Argento. Well, how how much have you seen of later Argento? See, that's the thing. Not much. And I think it's also like. Based on that reputation. Based on some of that. and But that's my own personal unfair bias which i'm slowly breaking and Mm -hmm. getting away and going to newer because even some of the shit that he produced and some of the argento flavor because whack mask was fucking dope it was great you know i want to see black mask was that any good did you see i have not seen that one yet okay no but i've heard mixed things of that as well but it's also good the fact that he still has an outlet to make movies because he definitely has a style there Mm -hmm. is you can never not mistake an Argento movie. Well, to the point where if something is very talkative and there's interesting characters and they have a lot of banner, we say it's Tarantino-esque. Yeah. He's at that point now where we can say it's very Argento-esque. Mm-hmm. And when you say that, if you tell it to the right people, they don't know exactly what you're talking about. You know, normies, eh, what, do you, what do you mean Argento-esque? So, again, bathed in colors, very wild shots very oh, yeah. inventive unique one takes very um very almost he's italy's de palma and vice versa you know because there's a lot of back and forth between them they're very inventive perverts and that's yes. why we yes. love them that's why we yes. love them they no. take their creep they they're using their powers for good not evil thankfully they found yeah. a way to funnel it and mm-hmm. thankfully yeah this one is a nice surprise for me because this does come out in 87 and this is around the time that you can make arguments. It's probably one of the last pretty good, almost like with the way Carpenter right. has people ranking his films. And like, when's the last great Carpenter movie that was put out? Ghost of Mars. I think a lot of people <laughs> may not say Ghost of Mars. No, I know you and Dustin have. There's sadly on a recent episode of the Movie Crypt. Uh, that was a. It was on Patreon. Oh, I don't know if I should share this. Let's just say. 
Not everyone on uh, the Movie Crypt podcast not digging on Ghost of Mars there. Ghost of Mars is the shit. But Argento also has that similar thing of people asking, when's the last great Argento film? And I think for some people, this Opera is Opera is it. Yeah. I can see where they would say that because this is <laughs> this is pretty fucking good Argento. Like you said, you were noticing it's kind of a, a mixtape. And with some of the artists at that point in the 80s, because they were so such an influence in the 70s that they don't they don't become derivative right you know of themselves but they also they know who they're playing to yeah they know how to again filter their desires into the art and this is this is a hundred percent argento playing his greatest hits this is a hundred percent playing he goes hey i'm in my sand okay. so, but but it's like hey this is my sandbox but i got some new toys let's okay let's 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 look at the list of toys right where, where does he get those wonderful toys genius? <laughs> right <laughs> he we, makes them himself on some of them well what a frequent collaborator uh dario nicolodi yes dario nicolodi and michael suave in an uncredited role as detective suave michael mm-hmm, suave <laughs> But Dario Nicolodi, as soon as I saw Dario Nicolodi show up in an Argento, I'm like, she's going to be over the top, and she's going to be wonderful, and she's going to die horribly. Exactly. Exactly. She's going to die horribly. And let's talk about how horribly she died. The kills in this movie were great. It's so inventive. It's what like, you expect with Argento. And, and like, to see... So, speaking of Nicolodi, and probably, for me, one of the highlights, kills of this movie, was the peephole uh, gunshot oh, it's, it, for Nicolodi. That's, that's hers, yeah. Oh, it's... And they, they... This was 87, so this was many years before, like, Tarantino and, like, Bay and a lot of the other actioneers here in this little horror movie through the eye hole of the door... Through the eye hole of Nicoletti, <laughs> and out of the back of the head, wonderfully done, wonderfully done, and the fact that it was shown in slow motion to see all the ooey gooey goodness, where there's no like, I wonder how they did that because you're like, holy shit, I wonder if Nicoletti's really dead because it looked great, it looked great, and the behind the scenes showing that they had to build a giant prop it's of so it. Cool. It was very unique and very cool to see. It's and another thing that I love about this, not and, and I hate saying this might be spoilers. Well, no, because I'm not really going to say who, but one thing I love about Argento's movies, if you fuck with animals, you get fucked with. The, again, another little thing. It's maybe not necessarily the, on the top, thing of a checklist but no. it's like a little easter egg right for it's those of you that like know a his sign movies. like a like a signature like if you fuck with an animal you're that animal's gonna come back and it's gonna bite you in the ass and literally on multiple times when the raven reveal occurs when the first time of i who watched the killer it, is i bravo i audibly cheered yeah. i was so excited and it was just so cathartic because the other thing i realized is if I was doing a pre-show for this for a Friday Night Fright screening. Oh, you're going to have to have Pappy McPoyle on there. Bring me their eyes! Because, of course, if you're going to have Italian ravens, you're going to have some eye trauma. Again, except no substitutes. If you want you eye trauma, you go to Italy because they know how to do it right. The, oh, the birds, the, the use of real birds. And another fact I liked about it that they revealed the, 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 the features Um that the birds are still there, like a whole shit ton got loose and just decided to live in that that, that place. It's like the when they used cockroaches in Creep Show. They're, they're still just, in that place. Can't get there. rid of them. The ravens exist. No, it's glorious, and it reminded me so much of going back to a movie that we talked about on the main feed of Orca mm -hmm. and the use of eyes. In fact, you talked about perspective, point of view, all of that comes yes. into play thematically mm -hmm. with this movie. And it just happens to be set at an opera. Because you get killer point of view. You get victim eye point of view. You get bird Ra point Raven of view. Raven point of view. Right? You get all these different point of view. And it's not just like through their eyes. But it's like as them running and doing said things. Flying. Uh, escaping. Killing. And it's not done all the time. And it's not no, done. It's used carefully. Very it's just flourishes. peppered, just peppered throughout and sprinkled. But when done right, it's oh. done so well. Especially when you enhance it. There was a scene where the, we have multiple creeps, and there's a scene where there's like okay, there's a hider in the house. We don't yes, know if it's yeah, the killer or we don't know what it is. We think it's, I assumed it was the killer because we're already assuming through 
peep eye view, as you would, killer eye view, as you would. But it does this crazy one shot that goes from the floor up the wall, it's upside it down, turns like... upside down through the vent, and then it's the the creep point of view shot. And I was like. That was really well done, Dario. It was really rad. In fact, the best part of this film following Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, here in the last couple of weeks, a lot of vent play going on. I know. Come come to Italy. Have a few laughs. It'll be great. No, Um, another thing that Dario does well, and some people say he does it well. Some people say oh, it's jarring. I think it's wonderfully jarring the way he does it is music. Oh, is the music in here, and you would think with the term opera, there's going to be a lot of opera, and there is a lot of opera music. There There is is. a lot of opera music, but again, with another Dario Greatest Hits, whenever action or a kill's going to happen, whatever music is in the background, diegetic or not, fucking pump up the metal. Here comes some metal, man. Raising the horns as we speak. (laughs) Exactly. And then, even then, we get... I don't think we had the softer side of Claudio Simonetti because I don't think Claudio Simonetti has a softer side. I think this was another prog rock band. But it was Simonetti. It was Simonetti, the softer side of Simonetti? No, it wasn't the softer side. It was just played up Simonetti. Yeah, it was Simonetti and then a a couple of L.A. bands at the time Mm -hmm. and then the opera pieces. And everything worked well the 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 metal worked well because the metal was great and as someone that between the two of us i'm probably more a little metal themed Mm -hmm. i significantly more metal themed i you know but i legit loved every time and like when we watch phenomenon it's just every time the the blade oh my god it just makes me giggle and then at this point every heinous kill like you said is met with the metal music so you know you're like oh yeah what's gonna happen to the point when the, even when they do there's a metal with the action and no kill happens you're kind of like oh Aww. or like the musical switch back to opera and like Burr. but then the opera music adds a wonderful haunting creep factor to it where it not overtly creepy but it's well, just enough for like this sets the scene perfectly and i'd like to think that if anyone are fans of op- an actual opera apparently macbeth if you it's it's a curse by vivaldi play. yeah well in the theater community macbeth was supposed is a cursed play anyway in fact when you're performing it you're not supposed to say the name of the play okay. so it's so again, especially for those you so. have roots in the theater community <laughs> so you are familiar with this stuff have you ever What's the classiest you've ever gotten in terms of the closest to an opera setting? Because I've never. Oh, I've been. I've been in an opera. Very I've been nice. in the Casey Opera, the nice. Lyric Opera. I dig opera. I didn't. I didn't appreciate it at the time. Sure. And like, I don't know if I can sit down and watch like a full like two and a half hour sonata unless I really, really want to. I'm really interested in it. But at the same time, I dig it. I think when used properly, and especially in movies and music, because. This well, you can say it for all music, but especially with opera, it's based so steeped in emotions. Yeah, you know, and and that's what the whole opera singing why it's like all bombastic because it's in your face. It's supposed to be in your face, and that's what this one movie is. So on that metaphor, it works fantastic. And again, when adding the music in it, yeah, and even when it's the softer side, it was still haunting and beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful, yeah, and it reminded and it me it fit. It yeah. fit. It was perfect. It was perfect. So let's go to the first instance when we heard the heavy metal theme, and that's our not the first official kill because the first kill, which was the usher at the opera, which is preceded by well, the, the first incident. Before we go, the first oh the the really good point of view that I saw the diva cam. Oh God! Yes. When you're in her and point that was of that view, first one or two. That was a one or two, and she's just walking. You really don't ever see her face through the nope, entire thing. Wonderful red herring. Yeah. Because like half the time, I'm thinking she Where fucking she? did something, right? So you see her like, I can't work with these birds, and the birds are all up in your face, and she's all pissed off. And the next thing you know, when you finally think you're gonna get a glimpse of her. Boom, she gets hit by a car and she's out for the rest of the movie. And this is another one, like I said, it's quite the journey I've taken with from a solo viewing to a theatrical viewing with your viewing. I did a lot of peripheral viewing this. this Oh, you didn't have to. (laughs) And that set the stage. I was like, okay, good. We're starting off well. Yeah, it got me good. When I first (laughs) watched it well, it was like, well, oh. I was like, this lady's a bitch. She needs to die. Fucking, she's over there yelling and hitting birds. I'm over there sitting there. I'm not even the biggest bird fan, but I'm like, 
I'm signing with the trainer. Don't hit my birds. Yep. I signed with him. I'm like, dude, if I'm over there, like, if uh, like, if someone like, hey, we need a bunch of cats. Like, I'm your cat wrangler. Like, somebody kicked one of my kitties. Oh, and, oh, hell no. And listen, we know Argento's no stranger when it comes to cats with Inferno. No, but, and, and animals or anything when it comes to like creepers. Uh, puts us on the edge usually. Whenever there's animals. So at the same time, like, whenever she was. Ooh, I hope that I hope that registered. Yeah. So whenever she was over there yelling and hitting the birds, I was like, ah, she's gonna, she might be getting to getting it. Yeah. No. Uh, I want to go to the first kill. Um, after the one with the with the um, the coat hanger, the the, the, the usher, and yeah, the coat hanger. That was pretty gnarly, just with the repeated great stabbing. It was great. I wasn't expecting how, because the, the, the killer didn't give a. Fuck! He no. over there knocked down some shit Crashing in front of a, the, the the box seat. He's like, whatever. Look at me. Slap, 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 and then just disappears, and nobody realized it. I was not expecting. I never seen death by like, and that wasn't a sharp coat hanger either. No, was it dull. wasn't. It was one of those like little knobby ones, dude. Freaking Alan. Um, Alan Rickman. Al, thank you, Alan Rickman. Choose your door handles well. It's dull. It'll hurt more. My God. That's the ultimate brain fart there. Uh, Use a ball pain hammer. It's getting into the, 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 the technically, I guess, the second kill of the film, and that is the one which I had back in the day, my first Rick Dalton moment with one William McNamara, who we just recently watched on the trailer for Surviving the Game. Mm-hmm. He's the son of uh, Salieri. <laughs> No laughing matter in this. Genius. No, no. Because spoiler alert, uh, and also I, <clears throat> I always identify him as the guy from Copycat. So I'm like, oh shit, it's Copycat. It, it's so yeah, it's so weird because he just got finished having sex in Versailles. Wow, yeah. How was that setting for you? No, the production design in this movie beautiful, phenomenal. Holy shit! These like are... I felt underdressed watching the movie. Me too. I didn't know I needed to like dress for the opera to watch opera. No, so thankfully when that that scene kicked, they in, were pretty underdressed too in Versailles. I mean, I'm sure that's how they got around in Versailles. Classly concealed though, which I thought was appropriate. Not quite Austin Powers level, but yes, not what we had seen no. before. I was we, ready to bang that gong too, and I no. But if you want to go into be specific, the first, the second kill was those birds. Oh my God! Yeah. So bird animal exactly. trauma now, again, not real, but implied. But no, it's tough, and that's one of those. That I know certain members of the film family will probably want to avoid. Right. A lot of people usually avoid Italian horror because of the certain traumas. Mm-hmm. It's usually implied with eyes. Eyes, but, but a lot of animal stuff. Lot of Those animal movies stuff. are getting into some of the deep Italian things. But as you mentioned, though, it leads to the Raven reveal and the Raven comeuppance mm-hmm. that would have made Prop- Papa McPoyle proud Super in proud. that case. Uh, but no, the the one with William McNamara because it introduces. I think the main thing, image-wise, that is most known for this movie is the eye trauma device or the eye uphold. The the Italian Ludovico treatment. That's terrifying. That's that's nightmare-inducing just because I see it on the thing and I'm like, okay. But just to see it in action. In action. Just like you can't because anytime you blink, it's going to put needles in your eye. Oh, God. The variety of ways that he shoots so up close to it, mm-hmm. where you get a shot of just the eyeball and the device, just a millis millimeter away from the cornea, just you get that her close. Perspective. Yes, you get. I mean, his he, perspective. You explore everything yeah. in it, and it is just so terrifying. So, if you have any kind of eye trauma or anything with omniphobia, I think is what it's called. It, this is this not, is not be a movie. for you. Not oh, for you. Oh my lord! Now it's us, us that can take it in. But it's not like eye trauma, as in like midnight movie or no, no, last matinee. No, no, yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're but not feasting on it. It's just it's so the, hauntingly close. It's the it's you know the it's going to happen. Could it happen? Is mm-hmm. it going to? And it's just the way it's shot. The, the way, way that the, the blood just the trickle of yes. blood down her eyeball and uh, the needle when she blinks. It's effective. Yes, it very works effective. really well. Very effective. and she's forced to watch. The, the slaughter of her friends, and all of them—it's the variety of him wrapping her up. Uh huh. And then he just lets her go, and she doesn't go. Now here's my beef: she doesn't really run to the cops. She seems very nonplus about it. I mean, she seemed a little bit more hysterical. Again, forget it, genius. It's Italy. But speaking of more hysterical and trigger warning, 
I did not know that we need to put a trigger warning if you have a sound phobia <gasps> against metal scraping against teeth. That I did not know that I did not like that sound that much. And ah. now you're reminding me when I saw it theatrically, it was in theater two at Screenland. There oh. was a group, a gaggle of teens, very well behaved, awesome. All of them lost their shit during that scene with the the scissors and the teeth. That 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 entire scene mm-hmm. is carried through the sound design. Because people have a tooth thing, right? Oh, and yeah. this is not a tooth thing. They're not. She's not using. They're the not scissors. in danger. No, no, they're in danger. They're already dead. The teeth aren't in danger. No, no, no yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna pull the scissors. Uh, the teeth with the scissors. No, he's just digging around in the mouth. In the live, you want to well, talk about that that kill? Yeah, let's talk about that because that's say, gnarly. The copycat kill introduces the heavy metal, but also that initial stab, and you see oh, through. through the oh fuck yeah through yeah. the through the mouth and you the camera way it, it's a very good it's, effect. It's perfect. It's, it's really it's good. Everything we wanted in the um the pieces the pieces kill. one that didn't go. Mm-hmm. It was the kill that never was, and so when it goes through his mandible and up. To the just the top of the roof yep. of his mouth, oh, and the roof, the inside roof of his mouth, brutal. and you see it, it's and then he, you see him pull it out was the other impressive thing. And I'm like, "Fuck, that was a great kill." It's then we get the teeth, and the, and then yeah. So let's then get to our scissor kill, and that one is set up wonderfully because there's a moment, and it's super quick and super brief, but it's a precursor to the Exorcist three moment. Because if you notice, did you notice that shot of him going from left to right? Uh huh. And approaching really quick, and then right and when then right really and then whoop, and then you see the attack. I I saw you go, holy ah. shit, like that. Because I was like, God, did you see that too? Because he looked, because he almost disappeared in the black yes. background, very predator style, because oh. his attire matched the background of the thing. But then he's digging around. Oh, but For, first of all, fucking shame on her. For a second there, because she was, first of all, it's not an Italian Argento movie without one person about to die that is extremely overacting, and you've got to <laughs> love her yeah. for it. Projecting genius. Just projecting. Whether just, her language or whatever their ADR is. And she was going for it, and I loved every second of she her. She reminded me of like an Italian Laura Flynn Boyle in a way. Yeah, she reminded me of Italian Susie Sue. I can see that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so the hairdresser no no the wardrobe artist she's over there because she's making just weird remarks the entire movie she's about to get her come up and and she she goes haha uh no she actually gets away for a second and the killer throws an iron pegs her ah yeah oh that's what this says is the iron and then he gets the oh the irony and then he gets she gets away for a second he gets up because he turns attention because it's like Wah. She picks up the iron, boonk, knocks her. She does a somewhat smart thing by hitting him one more time with the iron, but she does a stupid thing she was- where she's either going to free the girl or she's going to unmask Buck Flowers. Either she's going to unmask mask the killer. And here's the thing. If she wouldn't have stopped and like Aunt martha her way, like, I wonder which one I should do, she probably could have had time to do both. And probably get one more triple tab. But no, no. She had to go ahead and do her thinking and project her thinking. And sure enough, she sees that the eye is open and blinking. He's already awake. Yeah. So oh, I wonder, is, a, yeah. is it Buck Flower? No. At that point, you take the iron and you like, boom, give him another, give him a dollar worth of nickel knots on his forehead. That's what you do. But what it gives us instead is fucking teeth shit it's teeth shit it and is. then he starts snipping into her jaw well then he also goes into her mouth and that was one of the first times that i was doing the peripheral viewing where your jaw was hanging out because mm-hmm. i don't know if you were expecting maybe a just before dawn moment mm-hmm. possibly i thought he was gonna cut her tongue out and i was like ah you don't know is that italian. yeah it's you, italian everything is on board no but he's just looking for the thing and first of all if you're the killer don't leave your medical alert bracelet <laughs> in the wardrobe and second of all if you are going to find the medical alert bracelet don't ca- taunt the killer with said medical alert bracelet no, they, they, they know but they know. if you're the killer don't let said victim in your haste to get rid of said medical alert bracelet have the victim swallow said the medical alert bracelet 
We're to the point where he then has to go into the mouth and dig. Oh and then when God. not in the mouth and dig, he decides just to cut open. And that was gnarly. And those were some impressive scissors as well. But here's the thing. It was done off screen, but it was the sound, the sound. design. The sound. It was the sound design, and it was just the blood squirting off the side of it. And well, it was like, ah, because I could almost fucking feel it. Let's segue with the sound, because there's a moment when Betty is trying to relax at home. She starts throwing on this ASMR thing. Betty. Yeah. So Which like is what would Argento's ASMR consist of? Because relax. Like, close your eyes. We're gonna poke them out. <laughs> and you'd have to have some easy listening, progressive you know, Italian. It'd be rock the softer side it. of Fritzy. Yeah. Actually that would probably work. It, the softer side of Fritzy is perfect Italian ASMR. I love the softer side of Fritzy. We really do. Magical. Didn't it feel like he was just Singing it to me, dude. Seriously, there was I, I could almost see like green vines grow up the side of the the armor stage, and like happy flowers come out, and like Dongatron Three Thousands. Actually, when he's cranking it, it actually opens a window and sunlight, sunlight comes in. It I'm was beautiful. Oh. It was goddamn gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's pretty grand. It's pretty grand. Uh, there's moments of lynchian dream logic in fact weird dream logic the scenes with the brain it felt and i don't get me wrong i liked it because it added to the the mystery element but i also liked the scene of the brain because it looked like what i what like migraines feel like yeah just the weird expansion uh, of the brain and you're like and everything's just like yeah, just closing in on you it's rough it's rough um, I'm looking through the list of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. One thing, her name was Betty, and I kept thinking, you can call me Betty. I don't know what that is. You ever seen Kung Pao? Enter the Fist? I have not. That's an I've oh, seen that. Oh, it's so stupid. That's an I've seen. It's, it's so wonderful. Well, that, again, I know it by reputation as... Eh. Oh, I, I crack up. Okay, it's it's it is up your up your alley. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I do want to talk about... Let's talk about the Raven reveal and... The beauty of the reveal itself in lieu of the opera, because they come crashing in on this set. Like fucking Kool-Aid Man. Like fucking Miley Cyrus. Oh, they yeah, came yeah, in yeah. like a wrecking ball. Yeah. First first of all, good on the plan. They here's the thing. I like the character of Mark that he was helpful, but he was always he was not he, creepy. The director. The director. He wasn't creepy in a sexual way. But he was always just like he was there. He was there. He was always there. He was a red herring, even though he wasn't supposed to be. He's like yeah. was our confidant. And normally you would think, okay, the switcheroo's coming. But no, even when it's revealed, he's not the red herring. He, I mean, he's not the killer. Spoilers. He's still like, or is he? <laughs> and he's the one that comes up with the plan. Mm-hmm. He's the one that has With the, the wrecking insight. ball plan. Yeah, it's the perfect. Pappy McBoyle. But upon the release, the cage drops, and like you said, the Raven Wrangler just kicks it. Kicks open. the door open. Fucking, he's ready for vengeance too. And you get the one. Well, they don't even go out. They don't do nothing, and that's the hilarious thing. Just everybody's looking. like, this opera's beautiful. Everybody's loving it, and he's like, and now, pa, fly my pretties. Oh, they're just sitting crickets. There. Taking it in. And the audience. Like, not what the reacting. fuck is going on? Like, is this part of it? Is this a rat? Exactly. Because seriously, all of a sudden, think about it. If Let's say it's Friday Night Frights, and all of a sudden we're just hosting, and all of a sudden, like, a big thing full of birds comes out, and then really nothing happens. People would think it's part of the shtick. Sure, sure. You know what I'm saying? When they finally got it's come to this, they're going to William Castle. This right. Especially us. if we're showing the birds, ironically so. We don't even know what the fuck is going on. There could be something escape at the zoo. But at that point, everyone is just soaking like, it right. in, not taking it. And then finally. One bird. And it's, again, we get close-ups of the eye. You mentioned you could hear them. Even the birds crawl. It's like, because he, he goes out. And he's circling. And it was a cool shot. And oh. then the way them see how they did it oh, even made better. it even more cooler. Yeah. It's one of the highlights. <clears throat> I know it's it's you see a bit of it in the trailer, but knowing 
What's happening? And the entirety, when it's twirling, you're still going to go, who is it? Who is it? Which, who's the killer? I'm looking the whole time like, okay, yep. we're going to find out. They're yep. going to relieve you. They're the, uh, what's his name? Benet Blanc of, uh, <laughs> of the, they're the Birdnet Blanc. Yeah. He's a right? fan of, he's a fan. <laughs> and so. That's great. He's over there uh, circling and moving around. I'm like, okay, which, which one? Who's the killer? Who's the revealer? Is in the box seat because mm-hmm. the un the unseen diva and her cretin is you there. You were like, oh, I forgot about the. Cretin. I was like, yeah, because the cretin was there, and you think he's going to be a pro- prominent role because he's the cretin. Detective Suave is there, and I'm like, okay, maybe it's him because he's Detective Suave. You know, he's Michael Suave. He's gonna he's done something bad and nefarious, <laughs> right? Fucking um, like the director's there, and like he but was still good possibly, even though it's his plan, right? You know. So all these red herrings, I even thought it was a little girl because she's like, even though she's innocent, she's still a creep. She, she gave a very Newt-like performance yeah, in this one. Very Newt-like performance, also very Roach yeah. from people on the stairs. But I said she's more Ladybug than Roach because <laughs> she's a little cute. She's not Aaron Burn it. So, <laughs> so. But we can, the continuation again, I'm glad, and I'm so glad. This is again why we are celebrating these physical media releases that seeing how it was done how the sausage was made yeah made you immediately appreciate something you just watched five minutes ago mm-hmm. even more and that's the why i love this kind of stuff but no then finally the reveal yeah and, we're not gonna go in the reveal because no, i want people to see it but 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 then the, the pappy mcpoyle and yeah. then here's the thing so i'm like this girl is doing stupid shit the whole entire time. Not, not who she's trying to contact. And not we're, yeah, run, like yeah. it's basically when I mean stupid shit, basically running up the stairs instead what of out the door. Would, yeah, right. right. It's a horror movie. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm passing on this. But then here's the thing. So Pabby McPoyle, the killer's revealed. Killer gets away in the chaos. Mm-hmm. She gets kidnapped again and she finally sees who the killer is and he reveals his master plan yes. and his motive and we know yeah right and then for all intents and purposes i think she did everything smart i was like she's doing the smart thing mm-hmm. she's using the gun to get out when she finds out the thing is more dire she's she's effectively trying to get the key and all that and then finally when everything breaks loose i was like okay good for her she's a smart survivor girl yes yes but then it was later on, I was like, wait a minute. How did you, wait a minute. And then later on after that, after the second twist, like, oh, how did you know we were here? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be tiptoe around of things course. and not be vague. I don't know. We're this far in. This is a 30-year-old film. You can spoil. Listen, we are, we're almost an hour in. Spoil if it would complete the thought. So when the killer basically reveals that he's still alive and he's going to kill again and he kills the director mm-hmm. who we thought the red herring because the whole time i was like you know you what we're waiting for I'm, that reveal because i'm like i'm thinking there's about five more minutes in the movie left mark's there he's torturing a fly you know only maybe it's a scream reveal like there's exactly. two involved exactly yeah. and i'm thinking like it was my plan the whole time the fool played into my hand right <laughs> and so when he got off i'm like oh oh shit okay cool well, how did you know the cops were here? I saw the dogs. I'm like, well, I see wild dogs in my neighborhood all the time. You don't necessarily. Uh, but of course, I wasn't expecting you to be in the Swiss fucking Alps. Betty of the Alps. Right. It's, it was perfect. And I, I was almost waiting for her when she was leaving. When she, in, in a perfect world, yeah. if I was uh, like the like, poop, you know, Dario, it would be hilarious if when they're running up the hill running and chasing from each other if you could have guaranteed like there's some like just perfect american cut mm-hmm. of opera that cuts out all the, the the classical stuff but then inserts that particular thing god damn it that's wonderful but it's when you hit that point again we also was like man this is feeling like phenomenon again. And sure enough, as it turns out, when they were doing some of their shoots, it was like, yeah, we've been there before. So, yeah, the deja vu is but the whole my animal friends. I'm one with nature and all that. It was good. Here's the thing. The narration, there wasn't a lot of narration. And now it was just peppered. Oh, yeah. But what her saying, she was one with nature, the bugs, the trees and all that. I was expecting a little bit like, oh, can, can she control yep. them now? I was, I was I was all on board. And then that final look, I didn't know if she was like happy or if she lost her gourd. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what? At this point, I think it would go either way. Regardless, I'm glad you were able to definitely kind of fill in your Argento gap more than anything, especially 
taking in Italian as we do. Now, I will say I did pick up Trauma on a blind buy. It's a problematic movie for a number of reasons, but it's got a great, great Brad Dourif performance. If I believe right, I think it's it's not Karen Black. Um, the mother from Carrie. Oh, um, Piper Laurie. Piper Laurie. Is in it. Gives a great performance. So it's another one that I filled in. A nice Blu-ray. I think it was a boutique Blu-ray that it put out. But there's so much to explore. But I'm happy to help have you fill in that gap there. It was a blast. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we did this month. This was a slick That's month. That's just it. Um, filling in those first-time viewings. And more importantly, us being able to support you know physical media that has been something we've been preaching from day one Mm -hmm. so being able to celebrate is nice now that being said here in the month of february uh nothing well technically there will be stuff on the main feed yes but but nothing nothing new new. yes it's technically we're going to be pulling from patreon to kind of plug that and Mm -hmm. promote that uh but of course preparing this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness. Oh, I can't wait! So technically, yeah, your first episode you'll hear back from us will be the uh, the preview, the preview, and you know we're we're looking. Oh yeah, at, we're looking at, at the main list, at uh-huh. a bracket style. So we got to get our apology list too for all the. But we're also verifying guests, so check your inboxes. So until the month of March, this is Greg D. I'm Genie McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Your dreams.